This is the Radio Bible Class, and I'm your host, Tim Carter. We welcome you to our Bible study as the Radio Bible Class streams across the nation and around the world. We bring to you a message how Christ ministers to his disciples after the resurrection. We greet you on the internet and radio with the message that Jesus is alive today. Now, today's lesson is titled Dealing with Success, and it comes from 2 Samuel 5, 17 through 25. But before we start our lesson today, Word Talk Inc. could use your support. Now, playing music on the radio may sound simple, but actually it's quite costly due to publishing rights and royalties. And before that first song was ever played, there's utility bills and tower rental fees and maintenance and so forth. We need people just like you to help with the tax-deductible gifts, so won't you do that today? You can do that by calling us at 601-483-8648. And there they can take your information safely and securely over the phone or mail us your gift. The Word Talk, Inc., P.O. Box 4334, Meridian, Mississippi 39304. Now, your gift to Word Talk, Inc. is IRS approved as a 501c3 tax-exempt ministry. Your contribution is never used for salaries or managerial purposes, but 100% of it goes to the expense providing the good news of Jesus Christ to our listening area. Hebrews 13, 16 says, Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. If you'd like to go back and listen to a previous lesson from 1 Samuel or 2 Samuel, you can go to our podcast website. That's Radio Bible Class with no spaces between radiobibleclass.podbean.com or just catch us wherever you listen to your podcast. We're there, whether it's iTunes, whether it's Amazon, whether it's Google, whether it's Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, we're there too. Just search for WMER space Radio Bible Class with no spaces between Radio Bible Class. As I said, today we're going to be talking about dealing with success. Now we've been studying about David and we saw how he was anointed at the age of 15 to be king. We saw at the beginning of the first chapter in 2 Samuel how he heard about Saul dying and that he asked the Lord, what's next? Do I go? And he goes and becomes king of the tribe of Judah. The rest of the nation of Israel was still under Ishbosheth, and that was Abner. But David gets a little success when he becomes the king. For seven and a half years, he ruled over the tribe of Judah. There was a civil war going on, but eventually David becomes king of a unified nation of Israel. And that's where we picked up last week. Last week he went and took his men and they took the city of Jerusalem. It wasn't called Jerusalem at that time. It was called Jabesh. It was held by the Jebusites. And it was a town, one of the few towns around the nation of Israel, all the land that God had promised them. The Canaanites owned this property at David and goes and takes it. They're in this fortified city. And he remember, they go up the water shaft. We saw that in 1 Chronicles chapter 11. Well, today we're going to look at that he's in the city of Jerusalem. And now word gets to the Philistines that he is king. And what happens? They come and attack him. And isn't that what happens to us when it seems like every time we get something good for us, it seems like one step forward, then two steps back? I think most of us would agree that one of the pressure points in life is dealing with this whole issue of success. I mean, the drive to succeed in life can be strong. And sometimes it can even be a little elusive. I think most folks want to be successful in life. I mean, how many of us really want to be a failure? How many of us want our children to fail at life? I don't think any of us would say, that's me. I think there are really two types of people. There are those that just have this very high drive for success. 
And then on the other hand, there's those other people that have allowed past failures to take them off the mark, take them off the track. They say, I'm, I just can't do it. And they, they've given up. But we see that David went through some of that as well. But David also, remember, had to run for his life for 10 years. Some would say that he failed that he was anointed king, but yet he didn't become king for almost 15 years. But he didn't let it take him off track. He was able to let it kind of roll off his back because you know why? He had the right partnership. His partnership was with God. David was an overcomer. You know why? Because he didn't listen to the lies. We talked about this last week. He didn't listen to those around him. His whole life growing up, there were people that told him he couldn't or he shouldn't be able to do that, and he did it anyhow. And then he kept his relationship with God. He had the partnership with God. And then he also remembered what God had done for him throughout his life. He could remember those things, and he walked on those. As we looked through the book of Psalms, we saw a couple of places that I gave you examples where David reflects back to what God has done as he asked for help going forward. Well, now we pick back up, and we're going to see that with success come some challenges. With that all said, Turn with me to 2 Samuel 5, we'll start in verse 17, and I'll be reading out the ESV. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. But David heard of it, and he went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephraim, and David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them in my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, and I will certainly give the Philistines in your hand. And David came to Baal Perez, and David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemy before me like a breaking flood. Therefore, the name of the place is called Baal Perez. And the Philistines left their idols there, and David and his men carried them away. We're going to stop right there for now. Now the Philistines had heard that he was anointed king over Israel, and the Philistines went up and they searched for David. You know, now the Philistines aren't Satan, but they are a great image for us to learn from that they were just like Satan in that they were a relentless attacker against David. The Philistines are a constant enemy against the nation of Israel as we study the Bible. And all throughout the Old Testament, we see Satan attacking and chasing God's people. Job and Joshua and the high priest and David all of those were chased by the devil. As a matter of fact, even Jesus, when he was tempted, who tempted him? The devil himself came to him while he was out in the wilderness. And why does this happen? Because Satan wants to thwart the plans and the purpose that God has for us. He is the father of lies, and he will do anything to get you to turn from God Almighty. So the plan is unfolding. David has become king. He's now taken over the city of Jerusalem, and he's gotten rid of the Canaanites out of the promised land. And boom, who shows up on the scene? It's the Philistines. Probably Satan is whispering in their ear to come and battle David. I can testify to this. It seems like every time I come to church, anytime I teach on a lesson, I get challenged that week to see if I'll stand to what I said. Luke 8, 12 says, Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their heart, lest they should believe and be saved. Right here in the book of Luke, chapter 8, we see Jesus explain the parable of the sower. That the sower, the seed, has been sown. You've heard something good at church. You've been inspired because you've read your Bible that you're having a closer walk with God. And guess what happens? 
Jesus says that you've heard the word of God, yet that seed's been planted. That's the word of God. And the devil comes and he takes away the word from your heart so that you won't believe and be saved. His purpose is to get you not to believe the word of God so that you won't be saved. He hates saved people. He hates when people worship God. He hates the love and the forgiveness and the service and the sacrifice that saved people have. He hates that. And so he's going to do everything he can to whisper in your ear or to get someone to come after you. When you have success, he's going to come and try to take that from you. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 2, verse 11. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Corinth. He's telling the Corinthians, So that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his design. Paul is saying, hey, be awake, be vigilant. You don't want to be outwitted by Satan because he has a design. He has a plan and it's not for your good. When I was on staff at Grace Haven, I remember teaching on this and someone coming up to me saying, well, Tim, I don't know about the devil. I mean, I've never had him attack me. I told him, I don't know where you are. Only you know where you stand with the Lord Almighty. But if Satan isn't attacking you, I'd be concerned. He wants to attack his enemy. If he's not attacking you, you're probably not his enemy. You might ask him, how do you combat him then? How do you fight Satan? Well, Ephesians tells us that we have to put on the full armor of God. Now, I don't have time to go through all that, but we see in Ephesians that we put on the full armor every day because we are in a spiritual battle. So the first thing we see right here out of this section of Scripture is that success comes with its challenges, and David had it. He has become successful, taking the city of Jerusalem, taking back the promised land that had gone to the Canaanites, and immediately the enemy comes and attacks him. But David will have success. And why does he have success? Because he listens to the right source. Look back at verse 19 with me. And David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them to me in your hand? And the Lord said, Go up, David, for I have certainly given the Philistines to you. Hopefully you're starting to see this theme as we've gone through 1 Samuel and now 2 Samuel. The one strength that we should model after David is that he would go to the Lord. He depended on the Lord. He knew the Lord's voice. He knew what it sounded like, and he trusted in the Lord, and he went to him to hear his word. Look at Psalms 32 with me. This is a psalm written by David. Look at verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with a bit and a bridle, or it will not stay near you. David is teaching us something right here, saying that the disobedient will not hear from God. Their stubbornness stops the voice of the Lord from speaking to them. Take note of this. This is important. David knew God's voice and he listened to it. He listened to the right source. And right here, out of the book of Psalms, we see David teaching us that we need to listen to the source. We need to be like him and we need to hear and talk with the Lord and have trust in the Lord. This is not a one-time or an exception experience that we see here. David quickly went to the Lord. We saw when he found out about Saul dying, he went to the Lord. And the Lord said, yes, go to Hebron, and there they will make you king. He went to Hebron. Each time he needed the next step, he sought the Lord. 
Listen to what God said to the nation of Israel through the voice of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. This really begs the question to you. Do you know the voice of the Lord? Do you put your trust in the Lord? Do you seek the Lord? Do you know what his voice sounds like? Do you know how he speaks to you? There are many people sitting on a church pew today that say they know the voice of the Lord, but the only time they hear the voice is when they're trying to get validation of their pre-planned decision. I really question that that truly is the voice of the Lord or is that them just saying they hear something to back up what they want to do. I think there are three reasons why there are a lot of Christians sitting on the pew today that don't hear the voice of the Lord. The first one is they're not a Christian. They're not saved. They've not submitted their life to God. They've not made that commitment. They've not been made new. John 8, 47 says, He who is in God hears God's word. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. John pins Jesus' words right here saying, Whoever is of God hears the word of God. The reason why some people don't hear is because they're not saved. They're not a part of God. God's not in their life. They've not truly submitted. They may have prayed a prayer, but they've never turned from their sin. They've never yielded their life to be committed and saved. I'll ask it again. Do you hear the voice of the Lord? But the second reason that some people don't hear the voice of the Lord is not because they're not saved. That's the first one I told you. The second one is, is because there's disobedience in their life. They're not responding to what they're supposed to do. They're not doing what God told them to do. They're living in sin, even though they have been saved, and not willing to give it up. We saw that last week that Paul said we couldn't continue in sin if we were saved. Listen to what God said to the nation of Israel through the prophet Isaiah. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 30. Look at verse 21 with me. And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it, when you turn to the right and when you turn to the left. What the Lord is saying is that if you're walking with him, when you're walking with the Spirit, then you'll understand which way to go, whether it's to the right or to the left. That's what he's telling the nation of Israel, that he will give us the guidance if we're submitted and we're listening to him, if we're tuned into him just like you're tuned into a radio station. The problem is there's too many people that are walking in disobedience. They're not tuned into him. They only use him when they think they need him. So the first reason why you may not be hearing the Lord is that you're not saved. The second reason is that you're walking in disobedience. And the third is you haven't received the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit comes and lives and you want you're saved. The Bible teaches us that. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit when we're saved. The problem is we've got to learn to listen to that Holy Spirit. We've got to learn to listen to that voice. The book of Galatians teaches on walking in the Spirit, especially in chapter 5. Turn to Galatians 5 with me. We'll start in verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the spirits are against the flesh. For these oppose each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. And then turn down to verse 24 with me real quick. It says, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified to the flesh with its passions and desires. And then verse 25, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited and provoke one another and envy one another. What Paul is teaching the Galatians, being inspired by the Holy Spirit, is that we have to put on the new self. When we're saved, the Holy Spirit comes and lives within us. But just because the Holy Spirit comes and lives within us, 
until we learn to die to ourself, until we learn to walk in our new self and, and in the righteousness of Christ, then we're going to do the things that are fleshly. We're going to do the things that aren't of God. But when we do, we see the fruit of the Spirit that come out. And that's the love and the joy and the peace and the patience and kindness and goodness and fruitfulness, gentleness, self-control. All those things are fruits of the Spirit. And that is a sign that you have died to yourself and you're walking with the Holy Spirit. So if you're having trouble hearing God's voice, one, you may not be saved. Two, you may be in disobedience. Or three, you may not be yielded your control to the Holy Spirit. You're not listening to him because you're not at a point where you're dying to yourself. So here we see David has success and immediately comes a challenge, but he listens to the right source and he has success against the Philistines. But what happens? Another attack comes. A repeated attack comes after him. Look at that with me real quick. Verse 22. And the Philistines came up yet again and spread out in the village of Rapham. You shall not go up, go around the rear, and come against them opposite of the balsam tree. And when you hear the sounds of marching in the tops of the balsam tree, then rouse yourself, for then the Lord has gone before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. And David did as the Lord commanded him, and he struck down the Philistines from Geba to Gezer. So here we go again. Success all of a sudden brings another challenge. The problem is people get discouraged by repeated attacks. But what I want you to understand is that repeated attacks are normal. Now, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but I want you to understand that the devil's just not going to give up because you defeat him one time. That's not how we see throughout the whole Old Testament. That's not what we see in the New Testament. The devil comes back and he attacks again and again and again. And so what you should be learning from this is that repeated attacks are normal. And really, the crux of all this right here in this section is David fought a lot of battles, not just with the Philistines, but with many of the enemies of Israel. It was a continual battle, it seems like. It was relentless, but David never lost heart. Psalms 144.1 says, Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hand for war and my finger for battle. Psalms 56.2 says, My enemies will hound me all day, for there are many who fight against me, O Most High. David was never discouraged. He wouldn't give up. He wasn't discouraged because he knew he was called and he knew what God was going to do and he knew what God wanted him to do. He had the right source and he understood there would be challenges and he understood that there would be repeat challenges. But David listened to the Lord and the Lord told him to go left. He went left. When the Lord told him to go right, he went right. And that's why he was a man after God's own heart. And that's why there are things that we can learn from David. In Psalms 18:29, For by you I can run against a troop. By my God I can leap over a wall. So what does that mean to you? Do you get easily discouraged when you get a victory and then immediately here comes another challenge at you? It's like a wave in the ocean that just keeps coming and coming. It's easy to get discouraged, but we shouldn't. If you showed up today discouraged because you've been overtaken by wave after wave after wave of attack, don't worry about it. We see that in the Bible too. Even the righteous struggle having a committed heart. We saw David had it as we've studied. We saw Paul had it. We see Peter had it. They all struggled. But guess what? Ultimately, they turned back to the Lord and the Lord gave them strength. That's where they found their strength. It's through the Lord. 
You might ask him, how do I get through these repeated attacks? Well, first, I just told you, you got to put your trust in the Lord. We've already talked about that. The second thing is, you need to have some brothers of accountability. You need to have people that you can fellowship with. You need to have fellowship in Christ. There are others that have gone through the same thing you're going through, and they're there to give you that word of encouragement when you need it, and you can be there to give them the word of encouragement when they need it. And then the last thing about overcoming the discouragement or the repeated attacks after wave after wave is understand that you wouldn't be being attacked if you weren't doing God's work, if God didn't have something good for you. Don't look at the negative. Look at the glass half full. Take pleasure in it because it shows that God has a powerful thing in your life. He has something good for you. 2 Corinthians 12.10 says, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distress, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, he is strong. When you understand that, you know that God can make you strong through him. People can see him through you when you give God the credit and he allows things to come to you that people go, I don't understand how you're doing that. By your strength and by you standing firm and your faithfulness, you can talk about God's strength and how he's helping you through that. Sometimes when I'm talking to the friends in my small group, I tell them about Romans 5, 3. I remind them of that as they're going through a time of trouble. It says there, not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who He has given to us. See, what does it say right here? Paul is telling the church at Rome, that when we go through suffering, suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope lets us stand stronger in faith with God. And we get that through his strength in our heart. That is a great scripture to memorize and walk around with. I'm running out of time, so let's summarize real quick. Dealing with success means that success comes with challenges. And we looked at that. We listened to the right source. We looked at that. And repeated attacks are normal. But I want you to look at the fourth point that I have for you, and that's expect supernatural results. Look at verse 24 real quick. And when you hear the sounds of marching in the tops of the balsam tree, then rouse yourself. Then get yourself up is what it's saying. For then the Lord has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. To me, this is one of the coolest parts of this section of Scripture. Now, it's not the wind. Don't misunderstand this. This is not the wind. This is an angelic visitation right there. The angels come and they give a supernatural sign to David to go to battle. It is the Lord that's leading the way into the battle. It's not David with the Lord following. It is the Lord leading. And he says, when you hear it, then go to battle. There are a lot of miracles throughout the Bible. When we look at Genesis, we see the creation of the world. We see Sarah's conception. We see Lot's wife turn into Saul. We've seen the plagues that come on Pharaoh. We see exodus of the nation of Israel. We see that how the ocean is split and then it goes and kills Pharaoh and his men as it comes back together at the nation of Israel walk across dry land. Moses strikes a rock and water comes from it. A dumb donkey speaks to Balaam. The walls of Jericho fall because Joshua was obedient and marched around it like he was told. Nahum is clean of leprosy because he dips seven times in some muddy water. Elijah prays for no rain for three years. 
Then he's fed by ravens. Elijah raises the dead. Fire comes down from heaven and consumes not only the sacrifice, but all the false idols and, and all the false worshipers right there around it. We saw Gideon's fleece. We saw God win a battle when he told Gideon you had too many men. Get rid of them. You only need 300. And a few in the New Testament real quickly is that we see that Jesus turns water into wine. We see that he helps pay a tax through money that's in a fish. We see him cast out demons. We see him raise the dead. We see him feed the 5,000. We see him raise himself from the dead. But not only that, he appears to disciples. And on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit rains down like fire and they speak in tongues. Angels come and get Peter out of jail. And on that road to Damascus, Paul sees the vision of the Lord. There's so many more. I don't have time to go through them all. But we serve a supernatural God that can do supernatural things. And David didn't question it one bit. You might ask him, what does this have to do with me? If you're walking with God and you're listening to his voice, and when you go to battle, when you have success, you can expect God to move supernaturally in your life on his timetable. We live in an age where sometimes the signs and the miracles and the wonders that happen no longer get the press that they did in the Bible time, but they still happen. Sadly, too, some people are afraid of these supernatural things that can happen in their life, and they quit seeking after them. Be a person that seeks after the supernatural. Tell the Lord, I need you to do something supernatural. Someone's listening to my voice today that needs a supernatural outcome to ask the Lord for it. And be like David. Act on it when it comes to pass. I'm totally out of time, so let me close with this final thought real quick. I want you to turn to Ecclesiastes 12. We're going to look at verse 13. This is Solomon being inspired to write. Solomon in his own right was great. He had the meaning and the power to do anything he wanted to do. He asked God for wisdom and God granted him. He's supposedly the wisest man that ever lived. And this is how he concludes his book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13. The end of the matter. All has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandment for this is the whole duty of man. Solomon summed up what I've been telling you. We got to have our priorities right. And what does he say? Fear God and keep his commandments. That's how we live by the Holy Spirit. That's how we walk in the Spirit. How do we keep His commandments? We have to read the Bible. We have to know what His commandments are. We have to pray. That's how we hear. That's how we know what to do and, and get the Word of God revealed to us. Every one of us can live a life successfully in Christ. Success doesn't have to be a pressure point. We don't have to sweat it. All we need to understand is that Jesus will not let us fail if we walk with Him. It doesn't matter about power. It doesn't matter about prestige. It doesn't matter about money or possessions or achievement. None will have a meaning without Jesus at the center of our life. Otherwise, we did it all in our own strength and there's somebody trying to take it out from us. You can have all of these things, but you'll still be a failure if you don't have Christ. I ask you for the final time. Do you hear God's voice? Are you tuned into the right source? Let us pray. Dearly Father, we come before you today, Lord. We thank you for our time together. Lord, we thank you for this section of scripture. Right here, we see immediately as David's had success. What happens? The Philistines hear about it and they come after him. He defeats them because he went to you first. You were his first source and the right source that he listened to. And you told him that you would give them over to him. 
but yet they lick their wounds and they come back a second time like a wave on the ocean comes back a second time. Right after he's just over the first wave, here comes the second wave. And a lot of times we get discouraged. I pray today that we will have strength in you, that no matter how many waves of succession come, that we look to you as our source. And that's what David did. David came to you and he asked you what he should do. And this time you said, go around the opposite side and wait till you hear the rustling in the trees. What a cool way to win a battle, to know that you're there, that you sent the signal, you blew the trumpet. And one day you're going to blow the trumpet. And maybe there's one that doesn't understand that. Maybe they've never made you Lord of their life. Lord, I pray today they would ask you to be Lord of their life. Lord, they would understand that they are lost, that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, but there's nothing that they've done that you won't forgive if they'll just make you Lord. If they'll ask for forgiveness and turn from their ways, they'll confess with their mouth that you are Lord and they'll chase after you and keep your commandments. Lord, maybe there's one today that showed up that's, just they're they're discouraged. It seems they're tired of the battle. Lord, I pray today that they would understand that they got to find their strength in you. They're discouraged and they're tired because they're trying to do it in themselves. It seems like every way they try to turn, there's no ultimate answer. But Lord, when we listen to you, your word teaches us that you'll help us whether we need to turn to the right or to the left. We got to quit doing it in our own strength. We got to do it walking in your spirit. Lord, I pray right now, whoever that is, Lord, that they will just lay whatever it is at your feet and they'll say, okay, Lord, I'm not able to solve this, but you can give me a supernatural answer and I pray for it right now. And then they'll trust you and they'll keep your commandments and walk with you. Lord, we thank you for all the blessings you give us. You're a good father. You're always good. Even when we don't see the good, you're good. Like the saying goes, God is good all the time and all the time God is good. We thank you for that. And now it's in your name we pray. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.